For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What I, I thought was more interesting was something else that a lot of people pointed out. How James held and cradled Elsa very much mimicked how John Dutton held on to and cradled his eldest son, Lee Dutton. We thought we had it all figured out. But new information continues to trickle in about the end of 1883 and the next season of Yellowstone. Meanwhile, one cast member has been very, very quiet about the show. Why? I'm Addison Hager, and this is our own season finale. The Dutton Rules podcast has explored Yellowstone, 1883, and what's available about upcoming spinoffs of 1932 and the 4-6s. Today, we package everything we know about what's to come in a neat, tidy box while taking a stab at some of those loose ends about all of these shows. Did you know you can watch Yellowstone on Blu-ray? Billy Dukes will join me as usual, and you will too. Fan emails at staffatasteofcountry.com play a big role for this reshaping of certain facts about the 1883 finale. There was a parallel between the deaths of Elsa Dutton and Lee Dutton that we just have to talk about. Has everyone else noticed that the first Dutton child always seems to die young? If you're new to the podcast, be sure to look out for conversations with stars like Cole Hauser, Sam Elliott, and more in the archives, as well as deep diving interviews with Jefferson White and Eric Nelson. This is your home for Yellowstone analysis and insight, plus episode breakdowns and theories. And when new episodes of these shows drop, we'll be right back here to work through drama with you. So tap follow and leave a rating and review, and then settle in as we talk about everything we know about what's next for 1883, Yellowstone, 1932, and more. Hello, Addison. Hello, Billy. You know, 1883 might be over, or kind of over, but people, you guys can't get rid of us yet. We're here again, and we're here to talk 1883 and Yellowstone and all the random things. Well, we thought we'd just kind of tie a bow on the season of 1883 and maybe get people started uh, thinking about Yellowstone and some of these new spinoffs and have some kind of firmed up information about these new shows kind of all neatly packaged in one spot so people know what's coming, not only with the Paramount Network variety of shows uh, regarding 1883 and Yellowstone, but also with this podcast because we got some cool things happening as well in in the next few months, even if we are going to take a a little bit of a break. Well, I first want to know, when we, we ended the last episode and we had a trivia question before we kick things off today, I want to know who won the trivia, what you're going to have to do, and remind us what that trivia question was. So last week's trivia question was pretty straightforward. It was, what was Elsa Dutton's last words on Earth? And I was specifically looking for mm-hmm. a seven-word answer. I uh, got a ton of answers. Got more wrong answers than I thought I would, honestly. And I think that's because after she dies, she goes on to have a little bit of narration and monologue kind of from the afterlife. 
And that's not what I was looking for. What I was looking for was the last words she said to James Dutton. She wakes up and she sees that bird and says, I get it now, yada, yada. And her last end words ended up being, I'm not scared. I'm not scared, daddy. That was the right answer. Oh, <laughs> knife to my heart again, Billy. <laughs> Cynthia. <sighs> Who won? Cynthia was the winner. And she took it easy on me. Oh, Cynthia, come on now. What'd she, what'd she make you do? What are we doing today? I'm just going to read what she wrote. She said, I'd like to say what a pleasure it was to watch 1883. Not only am I a fan of learning anything history, but I truly enjoyed spending time with my husband. After being married over 20 uh-huh. years, it's nice to sit down and look forward to do something together like watching this show. It was an awesome show, and it's sad to say that Sunday I was looking forward to nothing. I miss 1883 already. She just wanted me to share that with the listener. Wait, that's that's sweet. I'm glad you and your husband have gotten to do that. I watched with my wife, and it was enjoyable. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't recall watching something so dark and dramatic and actually enjoying it on a week-to-week basis quite like this. (laughs) My wife will usually tap out on any show that has any tiniest bit of uh-huh. like drama and gore like she just leaves the room uh-huh um fortunately I, when, when like scenes during like when yosef got his leg amputated i was able to kind of tell her to shield her eyes or look away and she did but other than that really enjoyable it was kind of a nice couple's experience well i i didn't <laughs> i didn't watch it with a significant other but i can't say that i really enjoyed watching it on sundays as everyone knows at this point on this podcast i it i i need a little i did enjoy it i did enjoy watching the acting but overall man emotionally i'm glad not to be wrecked every single sunday so i'm kind of looking forward to a break i'll be here when it starts up again don't worry but right I'm kind of, I'm glad to emotionally be taking a break. Well, staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address. And if like nine months from now, the 1883 baby boom begins and there's all these baby Duttons because of couples watching together, let us know (laughs) that that's how life started for your son or daughter. But more importantly... (laughs) Wow, that would be amazing. (laughs) Feel free to continue uh, letting us know thoughts, comments, and questions, and I'll get back to... At this point, I have to say, I'll get back... We'll get back to as many as possible, because we were really kind of overwhelmed with emails, not only just response to the trivia questions, but people having um, thoughts and comments about Elsa and the hummingbird and the family tree that I broke down last episode, and we're going to get to some of these. I got back to as many people as I possibly could. Uh, I'm beginning to renege on my promise of getting back to every email at this point. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to try, but there's a lot of them. But we greatly, greatly appreciate it. It is, as you've said, Billy, multiple times, you know, it's it's something that I know that you look forward to. I know I enjoy reading. And so thank you to everyone who's been sending them in. Really, really enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, to kick things off today, maybe the more complex topic uh, if you will, is the generational, the generational topic that we still are having a hard time on, which I get it. I mean, I still think I need a diagram. Honestly, I should just print one out because it is confusing. I don't know if we just want to start off there uh, and just kind of hit that one. What do you think? Well, we banked on Taylor Sheridan's interview in the Road West sort of behind-the-scenes episode where he says great, great, great 
grandfather. James Dutton is the great, great, great grandfather to John Dutton. That is kind of what we pinned everything on. We right. figured he's the show's creator. He's the lead writer. He would know all the math you want to do about how far a generation and what it means about teenagers having kids and this and that. Doesn't matter. It just is <laughs> yeah. what it is because Taylor said so. And like he's sort of the the boss in this situation. But then right. <laughs> another guy oh, no. who should know. And, and first of all, people have kind of argued with me still about these things, which is fine. But another guy who should know said something different about it. Tim McGraw was found saying in the, um, well, I'll tell you where he said it in a second. But he was found saying that he was John Dutton's great, great grandfather. So he says one generation off. I'm going to go with Taylor and say that it's a great, great, well. great situation. But either way, I think we can agree that we know who the seventh generation Dutton is. It's either Casey Dutton at Generation 7 or it's Tate Dutton at Generation 7. Correct. And that plays into what's going to happen in the future of Yellowstone. Um, So the result is probably the same depending on if you believe Tim or Taylor. I don't know. I, I agree with you of, I think, Taylor being the actual, you know, main creator. The Well, not the main creator. He is the creator of all things Yellowstone and... Uh, 1883, I'd, I'd go with that person um, and just assume that maybe Tim just said it wrong. Or, well, because he did before. Like, to kick off the confusion, he said that initially he said that um, John Dutton was his great-grandson. So he, he's been wrong on this topic before. The, 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 the venue for which Tim said these things, I didn't even know it still existed. But apparently the Blu-ray DVD version of season four of Yellowstone is available <laughs> in some capacity. And in the bonus episodes, there's a clip of Tim McGraw saying this. Um, I got to give credit to cinemablend.com for listening, not only getting a hold of the Blu-ray and owning a Blu-ray player, but also sifting through the bonus section and finding this little nugget to report on. Because I didn't do that. I didn't do that research. Okay, Billy, you were making, I will say, you were making Blu-ray sound like it's a VHS, and I think that's a little dramatic, okay? I fully admit, I still am a sucker for a good Redbox movie. I will admit, I am, you know, people look at my my friends go, okay, I'm sorry, you know that you can literally stream that on Amazon, like there's ways to rent it. I get it. I totally get it. However... Speaking of bonus episodes, that is one of my favorite things is they're not as much on newer. (laughs) Clearly, I I very actively still watch DVDs (laughs) or in Blu-ray, but I wouldn't say it's as much of a thing. But man, you give me a good like Freaky Friday, Lindsay Lohan, and they give you all the fun, like behind the scenes, how it's taped. I'm here for that. Okay. So before you make it sound like it is an ancient dinosaur belly, people still watch those things called Blu-ray. Yeah, own a DVD player. I am one of them, and I still go to Redbox. You're welcome, Redbox, for still giving you money. <laughs> I'm just envisioning you at the CVS lifting up that little shade that they put <laughs> over the screens so that the sun doesn't bleach their screen out and looking for these DVDs. I got to admit, I never really figured out how Blu-ray differentiated from DVD. Like, I kind of hopped off the DVD. I haven't had a DVD player in probably five years. 
at least. And I never owned a Blu-ray player. Like, I don't know what the difference is, if I'm being honest. Well, I was about to say, this is not the topic for here, (laughs) nor do we need to go down this rabbit hole. But I'm pretty sure that a DVD player, you can play a DVD or Blu-ray. Blu-ray is just more high definition. Don't quote me on that, anyone listening. I am not the pro. I'm not claiming to be the pro, but... I don't, Billy, I don't think there is a difference, you know, coming from, coming from the person who watches them actively. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, yes, moving on past that. (laughs) Now that we've laid the groundwork there, what do we have next, Billy, that you're just itching to talk the topic? What do we have next, Billy, that you're just itching to talk about? What are, what should we dive into? Isabel May. Okay. Well, what are we? What are we going to talk about there? Well, the thing is, we're not going to talk about anything. Have you noticed that, like, she has sort of ghosted? Like, people have been doing a lot of media to support the finale of this show. We've seen a lot from Tim McGraw on late night shows. Faith Hill has done a few. Sam Elliott's been kind of making the rounds. Thomas um, or Monica Garrett has been making the rounds. Have you seen or even read a one-on-one interview with actor Isabel May? No, but I will say this. She is, and let me know if you disagree with this. I I would say she's a little bit, the more and more I've seen her, like when she was on the Kelly Clarkson show, and you're right, she wasn't by herself. Tim McGraw, he wasn't in person, but he did video conference. And I'd say like as personable and adorable as she is, she is a little bit more of an introvert, even on social media. I mean, we don't I mean, she. I'm looking at her social media right now. She has a total of six posts, and the last one was about 1883 back on back in February. But she doesn't really, you know, give much. She just the caption is a little is a heart. Um, you know, she she was never someone from the get go that was you know not like Eric Nelson who plays Ennis, who's been very much so active on his own personal socials, hyping up the show, getting on lives, interacting with fans. Like she's never been that person uh to do that so I, I it doesn't really surprise me i mean part of me just from a logistic standpoint i don't think it's helping her obviously because if she was doing press and stuff it would it would only help her because she's hello she's a major prominent figure in 1883 she is the catalyst for you know the narration for the direction of the show all the above uh, so it does surprise me that she isn't doing it only because it would be super beneficial and everyone loves her. I would love to watch more of her. But with that being said, it seems like she is more of an introvert and hasn't done a ton of promo on her personal end. So I could, I I also, it doesn't surprise me um, because she hasn't really been that person this entire time. I think introvert is putting it mildly. Like she seems to be um, really, really reticent to do one-on-one interviews there seems to there must be some some anxiety there even in the the lead up to the show she was with faith hill and next to faith hill and they were very much Mm -hmm. sort of joined at the hip and then tim came on during that interview on on um, the kelly clarkson show Uh, Mm -hmm. i would love to know a little bit more about her she's still this sort of mystery even though she was by all means the star of 1883 um i would love to know uh, uh, just one interview and see that uh, Taylor Sheridan he's really reclusive and he's doing more interviews than than Isabel was I would love to just kind of get a little just give us something girl come on you're, you're, this is your yeah, time no. she did I think she did appear on Eric Nelson's uh, Instagram live or she was scheduled oh, to at least I missed that 
If it happened, it's not there any longer. Yeah, it will. I mean, I would love, I would absolutely love to see more of her, but I think you have a good point of she may just have a lot of anxiety over doing interviews yeah. for whatever reason. And maybe because the show has, and, and granted, to this same point, she always started off kind of doing it paired before even the show went live. But with all this fame, you know, that's not always stuff that people can handle. Um, and this just might be a lot True. for her. True. Yeah, that's a good point. But I do, I would, I would really, really love to, yeah, get, having, just hear an interview from her because I've really enjoyed her and the little snips that we get, like the Faith Hill and interview with her, the two of them. I really, she I love seeing her personality. During that. Oh, adorable. Even on Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Adorable. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you think, as we kind of move sort of talking about the, the future of some of these shows, do you think that she's going to make any mm-hmm. sort of appearance on the bonus episodes of 1883 that we're expecting? Part of me would love to just because I love her, but I, I don't think so. I think it's one of those of kind of what we had said on, I think it was the last podcast episode when people were saying, you know, she's not actually dead. And uh, you made the good point of like, oh my gosh, is Taylor Sheridan really going to do this to us? If we like, we watch her die and then she lives again and we're excited about it, but then you have to kill her again. You know what I mean? Of like, she's not actually dead, but how does she actually die? Where you just kind of relive that. I don't think we're going to see her again because of that, of kind of like, you know, you're going to bring her back in unless we're going through dream world. And right. But even that, I'm like, uh, I think it's one of those as much as I would love to see her again. I think she's she's dead and we just leave that one there. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that she's going to be alive if they did bring her back to the other episodes, the bonus ones. I would think it'd be some either flashback or something like that. But I, I agree. I, I think. 1883 doesn't do flashbacks like Yellowstone has. Also, I, I don't think uh, the new episodes of 1883 are necessarily going to be set like the next day or even the next year from where we left off. I think the big mystery that mm-hmm. those bonus episodes are going to clear up are uh, two things. One, where did Spencer come from? And then also what <laughs> happened What happened to Tim McGraw's character, James, when he's shot? And we saw that flashback sequence during season four of Yellowstone where he gets shot by bandits and it's insinuated that he dies or is gravely wounded there in that cabin Mm -hmm. that they built for each other. Um, What happens to him? Does he die then and there? And that's, that all takes place five to 10 years in the future. Um, So, so I kind of wonder maybe if if that is sort of where these bonus episodes are going to be set. Um, But, uh, Kind of remains to be seen. That's in the fall, though. 1883 is coming on Paramount Network in the fall. It's not clear if it happens before or after or even in the middle of season five of Yellowstone. That's a big question mark. Well, and on that topic, let's break down again for people if they're just now jumping in to this episode. Um, let's break down kind of what what's coming ahead. Like maybe we start at what we were just talking about of these these bonus episodes and kind of break down, you know, 
this and then when season five of Yellowstone potentially is coming out and then all the others. So 1883, we know it's just a few more episodes. I I think a a good guess is two to four episodes because really any more than that and then you really do have a season. Uh, A lot of shows have Mm -hmm. six episode seasons and Mm -hmm. they might have already filmed these or parts of it because we know that they were filming in the winter in, in Montana and we didn't really see any scenes in 1883 that were necessarily shot in a Montana winter. We didn't see a lot of snow during the tail end of it. Right. Uh, so we might see some of those hardships. Uh, we think it's probably going to be focused just solely on the Dutton family, James, John Sr., and Margaret. Uh, the time kind of mm-hmm. unknown. And when the exact date, we don't know either, just that it's in the fall. Uh, it, it, it'll likely sort of interplay with Yellowstone in my mind, because we, what we know about Yellowstone season five is interesting. We know it's going to be 14 episodes but it's going to be two parts. So we'll have sort of a seven on seven and make a lot of sense for that sort of middle time to be filled with new episodes of 1883 so that we can kind of just stretch right on through the fall. And do we know what it, it they mean by it's going to be set in two parts season, season five of Yellowstone? I think maybe you can compare it to like what you see with like network television when they like, We'll start a show in October and run you through like the last weekend of November. And then they'll take sort Mm -hmm. of a win. They'll have like what they call a winter finale. And then it'll start up again in maybe like February for like sweeps month and run through whenever. I I think that's probably the case. Um, I I honestly think the schedule for Yellowstone will be a little bit more traditional like that. Well, the, where they'll sort of attack like the, the key sweeps months with their best content take a a traditional break Mm -hmm. when all other shows take traditional breaks around the holidays and then kick off that second half sometime in early 2023. Uh, I'm I'm crossing my fingers for that because if you recall this past year, both Yellowstone and 1883, I think aired on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Or the day after Christmas and the day after New Year's or something like Mm -hmm. that. Somewhere in there, yeah. (laughs) I hated that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well I mean, where does this leave then? Well, why do you hate it, Billy? Do, you, well, I mean, do we need to talk it caused about this? Us, we had to work on Christmas, kind of, or on Christmas Eve. You know, right. we were kind of having to stress about this. So just from a personal you know, standpoint, I, it wasn't my favorite. Um, but, you know. No, I, I agree. Selfish concerns yeah, we'll aside. Just have to, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be planning uh, their schedule around us, Billy. One can, one can hope and dream, but I think that's one that we're just going to have to let... <laughs> Let die. <laughs> well, it means Where their cast and crew this... is working on those times too, though, so which is something to consider. And I, I wouldn't think they'd want to do that. But I digress. Go ahead and ask the question. <laughs> Where did... <laughs> yeah, let me just ask my, ne- my next question, Billy. Uh, where does this leave the 1932? We know that is going to be in 2023. <laughs> Timeline kind of TBD. Uh, it's not clear mm-hmm. if it's going to be in the spring, the fall, or whatever. Um, this show, I believe, is going to be focused on the character we know as John Sr., as played by Audie Rick in 1883, and then later played by Jack Michael Doak, is I think that young man's name that we saw in the flashback sequences. I think he's going to be kind of mm-hmm. the central character, and we'll have a different actor for him. Uh, he'd be about 50-some years old, so very, very much a, a John Dutton-like character. 
By that point, we should probably see his son as well, John Dutton Jr., who would be 20-some and maybe even that third generation. Uh, in Montana in 1932, so like the Great Depression and um, Prohibition are playing a role. That's really about all we know. Uh, uh, they haven't said exactly like if the Duttons are bootleggers or, or like this and that. I don't know. That's kind right. of a fun thing to kind of imagine and and very plausible, I think. Um, but that's just me fantasizing about what could possibly happen with the Duttons. <laughs> Who knows? And in all reality, if we've learned anything, Billy, what is it that we don't know? Yeah, I'm not going... we won't even try to know. I'm not going so hard on theories with scant evidence anymore. I think we've certainly paid a price there over and over again. Well, and then we have the Four Sixes show. I mean, we are just boom, 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 boom. You would think they'd be further, further along on the Four Sixes show because we've been talking about it for over a year now. Since... Yeah. Um, But we don't have any news on that. It would make sense to me to run season five of Yellowstone right into the Four Sixes show because we believe that Jefferson White is a part of it, maybe even Ryan Bingham. Like you could kind of get those characters right into sort of the next thing. That would be really organic promo. Uh, That hasn't been confirmed that would make the most amount of sense, which would put that show next and then maybe 1932 later in the year next year. We'll see, though. One other thing to note here is that season four of Yellowstone is finally coming to Peacock in late March, which means you'll be able to watch all all episodes, all seasons of Yellowstone now on one network, on the Pe- Peacock oh, network. Yeah. So you got to stream a separate That's package great. from Paramount+, Plus, but... If you are a Xfinity Comcast subscriber, um, and this isn't a promo, this is just a fact of life, you get something called the Flexbox, which allows you to get Peacock for free. And that's how I watched and continue to watch the old episodes of Yellowstone. You can kind of burn through them there if you're a subscriber for that, uh, which is a nice benefit. There you go. So maybe they'll even include some of those little bonus episodes, like we saw Tim McGraw talking about 1883 and... They could talk about some of the music. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could kind of stuff bonus material in there. I mean, Yellowstone had so much country music material as part of the show oh, and yeah. artists on the show or music used on the show that I think you could probably even include interviews with um, some of the artists who are fans. I'd watch that, you know, little packages and episodes. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Billy, this is something that I've just really enjoyed seeing. And I don't know if there's been a TV series that has just drafted this as much as Yellowstone has, but it's been fun to see how this has really been married with country music so well. And not just country music, but these country music artists are loving the show as much as just, you know, you and I, I love it. And it's fun to see, you know, people geeking out just as much as any other normal normal mm-hmm. fan would. Like, they're used to being people fangirling over them, and but they're now fangirling over all these cast members. And, um, you know, something that comes to mind that recently happened is, you know, we just had the ACM Awards um, happen on Monday, and it was so fun to see. So Carrie Underwood has been a, a Yellowstone fan for a little bit now. If you follow her on TikTok or social media, you know her and her husband um, are pretty, you know, big Yellowstone fans. And uh, so, so 
to catch you guys up to speed, if you guys didn't watch ACM Awards, uh, Luke Grimes, who plays Casey, and then Kelsey Aspill, who plays uh, Monica, they were presenters, and they presented one of the awards. And uh, two things that happened that I loved is that Carrie and uh, Kelsey got a photo together, which was fun to see, you know, kind of that moment of here's the Carrie Underwood. And she's geeking out and excited to, you know, to take a photo with someone that she's been watching on television. And, you know, I'd also love to know, I'm like, is Kelsey a big uh, Carrie Underwood fan? Like, what what was her reaction when she got to do that? You know what I mean? And or if she's like, you know, oh, cool. Uh, And then it was also fun to see Walker Hayes. And he posted this on his Instagram. But he has, you know, the classic selfie of both Kelsey and Luke pressed, you know, close to his face, trying to get all three of them in the the shot of like classic, you know, geeking out. I'm a fan of you moment. It's just been it's been fun to see, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, Chris Lane is also a big, you know, Yellowstone fan. They're just I think the thing about Yellowstone is their fans are very outspoken and proud to be fans. And so it's cool to see, you know, these big country music artists being as, you know, a little kid at heart giddy and just geeking out over a show that pretty much everyone can relate to. So I think it's I think that's what makes it fun is it's like you're geeking out, but I'm also geeking out. So, you know, you're I don't know. It's just, it's been fun to see all that to be said. Well, a few of them were surprising to me. I thought Walker Hayes being a fan of Yellowstone was pretty surprising. I just didn't see that coming. Walker hasn't been, I will agree with you on that. I, outside of that selfie, I don't really feel like he's been as, you know, outspoken. Like I said, Chris Lane and his wife, Lauren, are two people who they talk about it a lot. And Lainey Wilson talks about it. And um, I mean, the list the list could go on. But yeah, Walker was one of those, a closeted uh, fan that I didn't know about. Tim McGraw, I mean, that's how he got his start. He said from the get-go, he was a, a fan of the show from mm-hmm. the very first episode. So when Taylor Sheridan called him, he's like, oh, heck yeah, I want to be a... He just, just yeah. thought he was signing up for a cameo appearance. Um, mm-hmm. But I could see others that maybe we don't even know about. I, I, at times, I've thought a lot of the characters on the show looked like George Strait. I would love to see like a George Strait cameo as like one of John Dutton's good old boyfriends. Um, that'd be kind of interesting. And George has done a little acting. Like he might be kind of up for a fun little thing like that. Um, Carrie has done a little bit of acting. I wouldn't say she's a great actress, but uh, yeah. I will also say that I was not giving Faith Hill any credit prior to you're, this. Oh, so. you're so... I, I really, yeah, I can't... I have nothing to say anymore because I really, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I lowballed... Faith Hill. So you're right. Yeah. I mean, perhaps Carrie's, um, she's been working on it and uh, yeah, she can make True. an appearance. Yep. Or maybe she'll just remain a fan, which is probably more likely. But that, that was fun to watch. I thought that was cool to see Luke and Kelsey kind of uh, geeking out a little bit with country artists at the ACMs. Pretty neat. Oh, I love it. And it married our two worlds together, which was also fun. Let's talk just a second about what's to come on the podcast here before we get into the Q&A. Um, as we mentioned, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and we'll, we'll get started in earnest again uh, when Yellowstone or 1883, or whatever show they introduce as being next, starts to get more heavily promoted. Uh, we might drop in from time to time with some news and updates, and we're hoping to kind of integrate some like fan interviews, so to speak. And, and I don't mm-hmm. mean just like fans of the show, like artists, like we were talking about, who are fans 
who maybe we can just get on to talk about maybe what they got, got going on, but also why they like Yellowstone, people you have heard of, uh, people maybe you've even seen on the show. There's a couple of leads we're kind of tracking down. Um, so, you know, every couple few weeks you might see the feed sort of populate with a new episode from us until the show gets kind of cooking again in the summer or yep. fall or whenever that is. And all that to be said, yeah, you guys aren't losing us completely. We're just not pushing stuff out as constant. We're get, we have, Addison and I actually do another podcast that's coming back as well that we'll probably introduce, mm-hmm. reintroduce as part of this feed. Um, if you are a country music fan, it's something that you might really be able to sink your teeth into. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Alrighty, well, on that note, you guys know at this point, if you've been listening, how we always end them. We do some fan Q&A from you guys. So, Bill, you ready for, are you ready for us to dive in? Yeah, I'm ready. Who we got this week? Alrighty, I have three for you. The first one is from Cody, who says, Yosef is bitten by a rattlesnake in episode 9 of 1883 and survives for several days until they can amputate his leg and, of course, lives until through the end of the season. In episode 1, season 4 of Yellowstone, Rip visits Rourke, while he is fly fishing in the river and throws a rattlesnake from a cooler at him. As we know, yeah, who can who can forget the cooler moment? As we know, it bites Rourke in the face and we see him die a few moments later. I think it's an acceptable discrepancy, but something I did find interesting. That is a very great point, and I don't know about, enough about rattlesnakes to even make a argument to this. What are what are your thoughts, Billy? Well, I'm not a snake expert either, but I think everybody who watched that scene with Rourke, <laughs> while we loved like the moment and the fact that he pulled a rattlesnake out of the cooler and threw it at Josh Holloway's character uh, and, and killed him, like that was a really kind of cool, satisfying moment. Was it realistic? Yeah. I don't think it was. Like It did bite him in the face, so maybe he would die quicker, but he died within like 30 seconds or like a, a minute of screen time. Right. Instant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it, it took uh, Yosef a long time to finally, like, even for the the virus or the venom to work its way up its leg, it took days, if not weeks. So, a little bit of a discrepancy yeah. there. Uh, I see Cody's point. I'm willing to allow it myself because that was such a dang interesting scene, but <laughs> it probably yeah, wasn't we'll lose most sleep over that one. Okay, next what I have for you is from Melissa and says, the spot where Elsa picks to die between those two trees. Is that the same spot where John Dutton in Yellowstone rides his horse and has a bench and where his wife is buried? I would love to know the extent to which they picked some of the same spots to shoot some of these scenes. Because it was in Montana where they filmed these last episodes of 1883, and a lot of the sort of floral scenes uh, looked similar. I don't know the answer to this question per se. What I, I thought was more interesting was something else that a lot of people pointed out was that how James held and cradled Elsa very much mimicked how John Dutton held on to and cradled 
his eldest son, Lee Dutton, when he died in the very first season, very first episode of Yellowstone back in 2018. Like, those scenes were almost identical, looked very similar. I think there was even a bird involved in both of them. And I kind of wondered if that was the same tree that John Dutton was leaning against as he held on to Lee. Uh, it's not confirmed either way, but a lot of people pointed that out, and I thought it was super interesting. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the last one I have for you is from Nancy, who says, As a prediction for the eventual ending of Yellowstone, I think John Dutton will place the ranch into a trust or a land conservancy for the Native American tribe with the provision that the Duttons can continue living on the ranch till Tate and his siblings are dead. That will protect the land from developers, will provide for the current generations of the Dutton family, and return the land to its rightful owners. Nancy sent a long email that I think was probably about the smartest email we've gotten through doing this podcast. Like, every one of her points not only made made me sort of tilt my head and go, oh, but I I think she was absolutely right. This was the big one, I think. And I I think she kind of... This is about the best you can do as far as a prediction. I I think she's absolutely right that something like this could happen. Uh, We we think it's going to the tribe. And I I do think that Tate will sort of be the the generation that gets it somehow, some way. So uh, well done, Nancy. Thanks for finding the podcast. I mean, I think she found it kind of pretty late in the game as well. And, And I appreciate this email. We got so many super smart emails after the season finale. Um, Abigail did some research for me to see if hummingbirds exist on Oregon beaches. They do. Oh, wow. And Uh, they do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, A shout out to her. Uh, Kim led me to the the website worldbirds.com to show me that the hummingbird symbolizes joy as well as grit. And endurance. Wow. So I applaud Kim's research into it as well. Uh, just a lot of these yeah. emails where people are just not only going like next level, but like two or three levels up to kind of see how these things were, uh, these symbols were appropriate for 1883. And I hope that continues as Yellowstone begins in the fall as well. Well, and I think that's such a testament to the Taylor Sheridan and his writing in the show too, that he's you know, created so many loyal fans who are, that number one, he, you know, is in tune enough to plant these type of things uh, into the show, but also that he has the the attention span of his fans. Because not, not every show out there or franchise has this dedication of fans who are willing to, you know, I mean, they're here for it, but they're not, you know, looking up, you know, the significance of a hummingbird and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see uh, this group of fans and viewers just to see how much they'll they'll dive into. And, I mean, it's all legitimate info, too. Did you see the note? And, and I don't know if this affects you, but the city of Fort Worth is um, just booming right now in Texas. Like, like revenues for tourism from like one in five tourists are coming to Fort Worth now because they heard about it on a show like 1883. Like it is just a boom huh. for the town of Fort Worth. Yeah. Inter- well, good money. for them. I mean, Fort Worth. <laughs> I, <laughs> come one, come all. You know, I it, that's a good three-hour drive from me. But I I personally love, if anyone's been to Fort Worth, um, you know, I, I personally love Fort Worth. Like if I were to move anywhere else 
in Texas, I would absolutely move there. I'm not moving there, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a quaint little town. So, well, little is not, it's, it's growing, but dang, well, good for them. Good for Fort Worth. Can I put one other thing out there, like for people to comment on either uh, in the reviews section, if they're listening and and they can, or just email at staff at tasteofcountry.com. Addison and I have toyed with the idea of maybe doing a live video version of the podcast oh, mm-hmm. at some point uh, where we yeah, kind of we sure not only talk about the podcast like we do, maybe we'll bring Sterling back in, but we'll also able to sort of interact live with people and, and, and comments. I'd love to know interest in that, like if that people think that's a good idea or if you just think that's just the worst idea, let us know that as well and we won't waste our time. <laughs> but that's something maybe we're thinking about doing in the fall as well as Addison's thinking about moving to Nashville eventually. Yeah, let us let us know. It'd be a fun way for it. Yeah, like you just said, in real time, you guys get to see our faces, not just our voices, but we also get to um, hear from you guys in real time. Nothing edited. That's scary. Once again, the email address is staff at tasteofcountry.com for any questions, comments, or ideas about the future of Yellowstone, 1883-1932, or any other show that Taylor Sheridan drops on us before we talk again. On behalf of Billy Dukes and the entire Dutton Rules team, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to tap follow so new episodes pop to the top of your feed this spring and summer. I'm Addison Hager, and if you've not yet left a rating or review of Dutton Rules, please do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes and produced by Billy Dukes. Also, special thanks to Taste of Country's Sterling Whitaker for additional research and insight. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast, is another great Townsquare Media podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.